from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, November 1st, 2013, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I am your interim podcast host, Chad Michael Snavely, and this week's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website, blog, portfolio, or online store. It is so easy to use, unlike the healthcare government website, which wow. I saw somebody tweet this week oh. and said, I bet the government wishes they were using Squarespace with relevant code, uh, relevant 10. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Squarespace is so easy to use. You just select a beautiful design template. You get your free trial started. You get a free domain. Just like that, you're up and running, creating your own space online. Uh, Squarespace will take care of hosting, SEO, uh, make sure that your oh, site looks they great. They do take care of SEO? SEO. They take care of SEO, so you Good. don't have to, Eddie. Cool. Um, it just starts at eight bucks. It starts at just eight bucks a month. It includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. Uh, they have some great new tools for musicians, as well as uh, we referred to this a few weeks ago. An amazing new three D visualizer for shipping. Oh yeah, where we assume the UPS man. Yeah. if you're wearing the glasses, it literally comes out of the computer and drops your package off. It was awesome. It's pretty awesome. Uh, for a free trial, this is so easy, guys. Just go to squarespace.com. You don't need a credit card. You try it out. You start building your website. And if and when you decide to purchase it, okay. use offer code relevant eleven. Rele- it's November. <laughs> relevant eleven. Get ten percent off your first purchase on new accounts. Uh, that is for November only. Squarespace.com. Use offer code relevant eleven. We are so thankful to Squarespace uh, for sponsoring our show. And uh, also, guys, we have a really cool other sponsor of this week's show, but we're going to talk what? about them a little bit later, so you're going to have to stay oh, tuned for that. Can we guess? No, you cannot guess. We actually don't know who it is. Yeah, we're going to find I, out. I, I, I didn't know anybody else was interested we're, in this. We're fielding calls as the show goes on. So. Yeah, it's it's my grandpa. Uh, so so uh, we got a great show for you today. Uh, let me just tell you real quickly before I introduce the cast, coming up later, we have an interview with pastor and author Pete Wilson. Oh, neat. Super cool guy oh. out of Nashville. Uh, he is the uh, the founding and senior pastor of Cross Point Church in Nashville, Tennessee. He has a brand new book out called Let Hope In. Uh, and Eddie sits down and has a conversation with him. Really cool. We're going to give you a chance to win a copy of Pete's book, Let Hope In. Once again, you have to stay tuned till later in the show. Pete is such a good guy. He is a great I love guy. Getting to talk to him. I, I keep hearing about his church. I haven't been over there yet, but mm-hmm. people people love it here. Yeah, yeah. So I, they say a lot of awesome things about him. We like him a lot. So he's on this week's show, and then also we're going to bring you uh, a segment of some of the things that we are recommending right now: some music, some movies, TV shows, maybe lifestyle choices. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just some things that we're recommending right behavioral now. Behavioral conditions. I, I, <laughs> so behavioral predispositions. So stay tuned for that. Um, let me introduce the crew that is here with me in our Orlando studios this week. Uh, sitting across from me, wearing the double denim this week, that is Eddie. <laughs> yes. Canadian Tuxedo yes. Golf Bolts. Thanks so much. I feel really good to be here, guys. You look just like oh, Tyler. Man. I am. I am the Jay Leno of <laughs> podcasting. podcasting. Have you just been working on like your old hot rod? <laughs> I was my old like, weird... 
beastly car. I don't know anything about cars either. Out of your airplane hangar full of <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. Full, full of car, full of old cars that you've converted into insane yeah. like steampunk machines. <laughs> yeah, I will tell you, I try to dress a little bit cool mm-hmm. on relevant days because everybody here is so cool. Uh-huh, but basically, that sure. means I'm in this shirt. <laughs> it, it means it's the Leno look. <laughs> so hey, you look great. You look hey, great, kids. On the Skype line, it's a, it's a pair of Wranglers and a, and a, and a Levi's button down. Yeah, he's just farving it today. <laughs> and a nice set of penny loafers. <laughs> on the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, that is Tyler Huckabee. Hey, guys. And, hey. On, the, and on the other Skype line Tyler, from... what are you wearing? Wait, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. What are you wearing today? Oh, I'm wearing denim on denim. Oh, Classic. Of course. <laughs> Obviously. What, 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 I, mean, what, I don't know what you take me for, what you heard that... I, I wear besides denim on denim, but those are lies, <laughs> and I want to refute them right now. <laughs> on the other Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, that is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. I'm wearing the outfit uh, frequently worn worn in the Ernest movies, which is also mostly denim. <laughs> oh, I like the build up to that more. I than love it. I love it. Um, I, and we have one other one other cast member with us this week. Uh, we have let this man out of the cone of silence. Oh. Here with us in our studios, Mr. Calvin Keerley is back. Yes, I, I, I'm wearing 100% silk onesies. <laughs> just a classic uh, fl- flap in the back. It's, it breathes. I yeah. recommend it. You're, and you're this cool been, and comfortable. I've been in the room for yeah. the last 15 minutes. It's been really challenging to be quiet because I had like three good Squarespace jokes. Do and you want forgotten them? Do you want to get back and circle back to them? And we, just can, do we, we can. We can. No, I don't yeah. remember. I was just trying to think of. Yeah, if you want, if you just think know. of them later, we can just do the jokes out of context. Yeah, just right. drop them It'll in. It'll still work. Okay. Yeah, it'll work. <laughs> Calvin was just driving by on his way to get a coffee, and he just swung in. Yep. Um, yeah. Calvin, uh, you know, a lot of you guys have been asking him, hitting him up on Twitter and hitting the relevant podcast up on Twitter, saying, where has Calvin been? Are you guys ever going to let him out of the cone of silence? Well, Calvin, you know, Calvin's work schedule is such to where he can't always be here on the weeks that we record the podcast. Um, and so, you know, when he, can, when he can show up, he'll show up. When he can't, you know, unfortunately... We miss his incredible humor, his incredible good looks. Um, yeah. Wow. And, uh, and I could go on, but really I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to stop Some, right there. I don't miss it that much. Oh, I mean, yeah. Wow. That's fine. I hear you. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Well, I get it. I get, I get the appeal. No, yeah. There's a lot happening. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's electricity when you're in the room, Tyler. And it's just hard to really... I, communicate I, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, uh, I hear this a lot. So, yeah. so how how was the cone of silence for the last six or seven weeks? Uh, is it all it's cracked up to be? Is it is it completely filled with water at this point? <laughs> yeah, uh, you must have gotten out like just in time. Can I can I ask you? Have you listened to the show the last couple of weeks? No. Okay. <laughs> See, it's no, no concept whatsoever so of what the, we're talking about. The joke has been. I think Tyler Jesse said it. I know I didn't say it, but it was that you were in a cone of silence. And the joke was that the cone was filling up with water, and then all of a sudden it got really quiet. So that was a couple of weeks ago. And That's, so wow. So I'm dead. So <laughs> yeah, we just decided <laughs> to kill you off. We, we, we had to write you. We had to literally write you off the show. So we want to do a dramatic fashion, which was a, a, a over elaborate Batman trap. Yeah, so it's like a soap opera now. Was there a Batman the drop that you did not escape? Right. Until right. Now. Am, I, am I right? That was a joke because I wasn't there, and I just assumed you guys were kind of doing it. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now I'm finding out. Okay, well, yeah. that's, well that's fine. Well, that's I, I why I, I have to wear. That's why I have to wear 100 silk because my skin was so uh, chafed and chapped, chapped. Oh, sure, from, It was, it was like a David Blaine trick in the office. Yeah. For yep. Seven weeks. I was <laughs> sponsored by Squarespace to be in the co- <laughs> to be in the cone, and mostly it was a. Uh, 
it was a trick around chafing. And yeah, chaff, and chaff then, oddly skin. enough, it, it was only silent for the first couple of weeks, and then it got really loud. The voices, just, yeah, 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 the voices shouting. Yeah, <laughs> so many, <laughs> make it stop. Eddie. So many voices, <laughs> make it stop. Yeah. Well, we are happy to have you back today. Yeah, it's an honor. And, uh, we are gonna we're gonna uh, get through as much podcast as possible with you in the room. Yeah, because I gotta go to get another coffee. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you got stuff to do. <laughs> right. So, uh, well, let's start with some entertainment releases. I have a few serious entertainment releases that I'm going to drop on you guys, and then I have a few that I'm just going to throw them out there because they are legitimate entertainment releases coming out this week. But I just want to get a little commentary, okay. and one of them is going to involve a clip, and uh, oh, you'll, wow. you'll oh, know it. you'll know it when you hear right. it. Okay. okay. So, okay. so starting off, uh, music coming out on Tuesday, November 5th. Uh, we are. That's the- my birthday. Is it really? Is it? Yeah. It's my brother's birthday, too. How weird. All right. It's a V for, oh, it's the v for great, Vendetta guys. Day, too. It's a it day is. Be- yeah. Weird. It's a day before my anniversary, so and can I be in on this party, Your too? anniversary of what? Uh, of being married to my wife. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this There's like, so many anniversaries floating around. There's a lot there. happening. Yeah. No, the anniversary of, uh, of of me marrying my best friend, I think, is is the way that you're supposed oh to say God. it. So. Oh, my God. Enough. Yeah. Oh, sick. We'll, oh. We're fine. <laughs> Oh, I'm, Facebook, I'm, Facebook came to life and yeah. started yeah. hosting relevant TMI. Yeah, hashtag barf. Next. <laughs> yeah, someone did something wrong. That's what, whenever I see someone like doing like those. Look, I think it's a nice gesture, but when like I have, I married the hottest babe on the planet. Oh, five, oh. You know, I it's always like, think, oh, what did he did. do today? <laughs> what, what is he trying to get out? Of, or is he trying to get like points so he can go on like a trip this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh man. Or it's it's like when pastors are like, man, I'm married up. My wife is so hot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Who did talk what? about? Don't talk about her like that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why. I'm sure she's very pretty, and I'm sure you feel like you married up, but don't use that. It's gross to me. <laughs> Anyways, Am I alone? <laughs> all that just, yeah, we just le- we just left Eddie hanging. Yeah, out I wish somebody right would have been like me too. But yeah. now it's all. Sorry, yeah, you just sound like me. a horrible, horrible no, person. I think I think it's adorable and really sweet. Oh, thanks. I wish more people would do it. Okay, well, um, as I said, you know, Tuesday, November fifth, Christmas season is here. Okay, and that means that it Bright is. Eyes is coming out with Bright Eyes, a Christmas yeah. album. No, no, no. yep, nope. yeah. So we're starting we're starting Christmas music already, guys. It is not it is not here though. It's not here until Santa comes down the, the thing at Macy's. It's here in all of the department stores already. But it's that's what I'm saying. Up, We've yeah. got to take a stand. Oh, we like as a relevant podcast or as a, just a culture at large or just society. I think we should just start with uh, people on the Skype lines. Okay, on the relevant <laughs> podcast. So, so when, when is it appropriate? To, to, to release any Christmas related They can items. release it, but you can't unwrap that thing. Everybody should buy that album, but, but you don't got, unwrap it. You do not until play that until Santa Thanksgiving. Santa comes down on Thanksgiving morning. The, Santa comes down the road on Macy's. I you may, see yeah. Santa Waiting. play Christmas music. Okay. That's the start. That's the official start. Yeah, that's okay. let's take okay. a stand. Well there you go. So so hang on to that Bright Eyes album, but just remember it comes out Tuesday, November fifth. Uh L ten eleven is coming out with the album Transitions. Uh the band Tennis is coming out with the small sound EP. And uh, now here, here's just a few other ones that I'm just going to throw out there. Just get your get your get your thoughts on uh, Eminem. <laughs> it's coming out with the Marshall Mathers LP two. All right. Oh. Any Eminem fans? Right. I've, heard, I've heard of him. Okay. Mrs. Nickelback, Avril Lavigne, is coming out with the self-titled <laughs> Avril Lavigne. <laughs> There's a few uh, duets with Chad Kroger on there, I understand. There's a Yeah, I, we can only hope that Chad Kroger... I, I'm assuming he probably helped produce the album, too. Well, I, there is a, I heard the single, actually. They released a, a little love ballad the two of them sing together. Oh, it's beautiful. And it is, it is quite the worst song in the world. Well, it's a good thing it's coming out on the, on the 5th, because I can then play it for my anniversary on the 6th and let my wife know how much... <laughs> I love her, man. Yeah, just, happy anniversary from Chad Kroger. Yeah. 
I love you so great. I'll, I'll, you're just so hot, baby. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm married up. Yeah. Uh, this uh, <laughs> new indie band, Striper, is coming out with No More Hell to Pay. Still, striper. Wow. That's, they're That's, still making music. This and, is a red wow. letter day. This is a big day. The uh, first uh, studio that my old band that I'm not going to talk about ever recorded in was, in Bo- was outside Boston in a place where Striper recorded. Really? The same okay. producer. Wow. And there were all these old, like, uh, one inch. <laughs> reels yeah. of old of all the old striper albums <laughs> cool and were, were there I, bumblebee colored machine guns just there were on? yeah yellow and black everywhere uh it was it was really strange that's awesome yeah did you get to like put any of those one inch tapes on the on the reel no and listen back? Uh, no we didn't because time is money you pay by the yeah, hour and sure stuff. But, but we yeah. are talking about striper here right yeah what was the what was the name it was of the a bad band? call calvin what was the name of the band? i uh i'll i'll talk about it just um, say it out loud the next right time now. The next time we uh, we do this, what is wrong with you? <laughs> You're being so coy. <laughs> Were you guys just too good, or would we have heard the band? Was it? Yeah, was um, it like Matchbox Twenty? Maybe you've heard yeah. of some Forty One. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Not sure. All right, so well, we're not going to get the name. We're not going to get it. No. So we'll revisit it. We'll revisit it. I tell you what, we will get on table Tuesday. Back. Table back. No table that. Oh, table that. Put stick it on the pin. I don't know what to say anymore. That's <laughs> all right. You're warming up. The, You'll cone get back. Of, the cone of silence. You're back in it. You're back in it. It's messed with your head. Uh, Tuesday, November fifth. Scott Stapp, Proof of Life. Yes. Scott oh. Stapp. You might know oh, him as uh, the lead singer of Creed. I oh, love that it's called man. Proof of Life as well. I'm, like we haven't heard from him for years. I'm alive. We need affirmation. <laughs> still this alive. is the only way I can prove that I'm still alive. I am here legally <laughs> for tax reasons. He had to put out something called Proof of Life. Yeah. <laughs> His attorney was like, "Look, it can be a painting. It can be." spoken word you could do it write a yeah. poem just anything i get the feeling his proof of life is going to be my cause of death <laughs> yeah hi oh that one um, that one you can unwrap <laughs> yeah you can listen to that, that whenever one you, can, you want yeah Let's go ahead and actually you should not yeah. listen to that close to christmas <laughs> no. it's gonna ruin the season, <laughs> yeah. ruin the season. little baby um, jesus there's one more album that uh, I'd, I'd particularly like to get calvin's take on i'm gonna mm. play a little clip of it okay. tell me if you know who this is no <laughs> America. Oh, that's that man. <laughs> What's that man's Oh, it's beautiful. Like, it's the vocal equivalent of my sick one, silk onesie. <laughs> 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 Was the picture yeah. in the paper, mm. not the face you, you want to sing along, Calvin? <laughs> what is that man's name? James, James Blunt. Blunt. is coming out with the album Moon Landing. Oh, wow. So you have that to look forward to. I know. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> the long-awaited return. Man. Proof of life, too. <laughs> I'm still alive too. Uh, oh man! Um, movie releases coming out on Friday, November eighth. Really, only one: uh, Thor: The Dark World with Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman. So uh, what? So go check that. There's movie out. a single movie coming out. There is. Uh, I mean, there's other movies, but nothing really that. Nothing as good as Thor. Important. I understand. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to say Thor without sounding like you have a some sort of lisp. It's yeah, true. it sounds like you're saying something else. Yeah. Thor looks very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Thor, the dark world. I love superhero it's movies. The, the world, the world, the thing, but it's really dark. 
Let, my favorite Avengers. Let us favorite be, of the Avengers. Can Jesse, can you and I be very clear that we were not doing that? Yeah. Eddie and Jesse were not doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I will say that the advanced reviews for Thor have been very, have been stupendous. Feefeld, Feefeld by the Thor. Once again, Eddie Thor. and Jesse completely out of that. We are not a part of this. There's no solidarity in this podcast. I got a church to pastor. I can't be a part of this. split. Split down the middle. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Slices. You're listening to Kai Kai. The song is Honest Affection. It is from their absolutely spectacular upcoming album called Fantasize. I've had this album for a while, and guys, this is going to be one of the albums of the year. It is absolutely incredible. Awesome. Uh, the single just came out. The video is on Relevant TV right now. Go check it out. Uh, friends of the podcast, they've been here and performed in our studio before. These guys are just so good. Uh, so Kai Kai, Honest Affection. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, I probably don't even need to tell you this, but uh, that was Sleigh Bells oh. with the song Sugar Cane. Shocking. It's from that How album many podcasts called... in a row is it that is open with? And, uh, <laughs> a, sleigh, a Sleigh Bells song? Yeah, I know. It's shocking. It's actually it? our, spo- it's our special sponsor. I'm a little confused, Chad, because I was pretty sure you had your hands on a new Scott Stapp album. <laughs> so I don't know why anything else is playing. Why in the world would I go with sitting, Sleigh Bells? Sitting on that one. All right. It's time for Slices. Uh, Tyler, what do you got, man? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the New York Magazine just put together um, a uh, a list of the one 100 most valuable stars of 2013. Ooh, uh, I love they, they did this by putting together they compiled now, a can, bunch can, of different can I, can I get clarification real quick, Tyler? Yeah. Is this uh, yeah, actual can. stars or celebrities? We're gonna say because <laughs> the stars. sun was number one once again. <laughs> 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 Yeah, Quasar 557X is just on top. Followed follow by the handle of the Big Dipper, because otherwise she's got a square. Um, but this list compiled domestic box office, overseas box office, and then just kind of vaguer terms like their likability, how many Oscars they've won, a critical store, and uh, also social media mentions. Oh. So we, we could go through all 100 if you guys wanted to. We could just start from the Can bottom. Can you just read them all really, really quick? <laughs> just get yeah. through them all. But do you guys want to take any shots at, uh, t- take any guesses at who uh, who cracked the top three? I mean, I'm going to say Nicolas Cage is probably somewhere in at least the top ten. I don't well, know about I top to, three. I mean, I... I mean, Nicolas Cage kind of transcends the list, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very big in the China uh, quarterly China Oscars. These celebrities for or actors that have been out for about these, six years. These are just actors. <laughs> actors. These are film, actors. Film okay, actors. okay. Let's go Ooh. with uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling didn't crack. He, he doesn't come in till number. Uh, oh man, he's down a little ways here. He's down at number eleven. Ooh, you oh, rough year, Ryan. You wish. Oh, Tom, Tom Hanks. Tommy Hanks. He calls oh, Tom Hanks. Tommy. Tom yeah, Hanks Tommy. is very, very close. He is number nine. Guess one, Jesse. What do you think, Jesse? I, I've actually seen the list, so I have okay. to withhold. Why don't you just? Can uh, you get all right? How about a hint, like a, a television star or a movie star? A number the number the the number one most valuable star is somebody who had a very big comeback about six years ago, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. There you go. Now we're talking. Robert Downey Jr. is number one. Oh, wow. Good, uh, good guess. Number two is a former teen heartthrob. Justin Timberlake. 
who is now a it's not Justin Timberlake. Okay, who's sort of moved into a uh, to film and Oscar royalty. Oh, Leif uh, Leif Garrett. Leif, <laughs> Leif Garrett, whatever his name is. Leif Garrett. Uh, yeah. <laughs> George Clooney. Nailed uh, Wait, a former. It, no, it's not Clooney. Teen heartthrob. Teen Joey heartthrob. Lawrence. Emmanuel Lewis. Uh, Leonardo. Oh. Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, sure. Uh, yes. Makes sense. Not Webster. And the number three not is Webster. the only female in the top three. And uh, she's a relatively new face, but you are. But you're, we're seeing her everywhere. Je- and as a bonus, she will be making an appearance in an upcoming Gen- issue Jennifer of Lawrence. a certain magazine in which we all have a vested interest. I believe Calvin said it. Jennifer Lawrence? It's Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> what is the magazine? Oh, you might have heard of it. It's a small little publication called Boys Life. You're familiar with it. Oh, I love Boys Life. Jesse, you watch your mouth, Jesse. (laughs) You watch it, Jesse. I told you what I did when I I used to get the Boys Life, the official Scout magazine. I didn't know you got that magazine. I did. Did I I, I should have told you my Scout story at some point, how I got burned by them. Uh, I think this is is a whole separate podcast. Now we're getting into the psychology. I can't get into it now, but I got the magazine after that for about 10 years. What? And I would just flip straight to the back in the pocket, the packet knife catalog. Yeah. You know, just yeah. plan my next purchase. And the, uh, the hovering car that you could make out of a vacuum. Yeah, exactly. I didn't care about their features <laughs> oh, wow. or their lame profiles of scouts that I didn't want to know about. Just get me to the back and give me my survival supplies. Can we just do an attachment to the end of this podcast of Jesse telling <laughs> us that story? Yeah. It's either that or we do this for four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I would... We'll have, never get through this. We'll never get through it. And we've done a lot of Boy Scout-related content. That, that is true. <laughs> Tyler, who runs? Who rounds out the rest of the top five? Well, top f- uh, we have... Then we have Sandra Bullock. Okay. And, uh, and number five is Brad Pitt. Uh, below that, you got Will Smith, Kristen Bale, Denzel, and uh, Mr. Tom Hanks. Tommy. Huh. Nice. Tommy Hanksy. Hanks. I like. I mean, that's, 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 that's a, like a respectable list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would I, like I, to I, see I, them all in one can film. I, can together. I ask who is one hundred? The, the number one hundred lowest lowest star, yeah. Yeah. Or, or the one hundred highest. <laughs> Carrot top. <laughs> Leaf Garrett. Uh, yeah, it depends. I mean, a hundred's still pretty good. Leaf. Oh, it's a uh, it's Leon Helmsworth. Who? Oh, he's the he's the he's, he's the Thor. He's kid. Thor's brother. Yeah, he's the brother of Thor. He's yeah, the brother yeah, he's of Thor. What about what about ninety nine? Yeah, uh, Tyler Perry. Really, uh, Tyler Perry presents number ninety nine on the list. I, I thought <laughs> Tyler he would be like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but since but Medea is number thirty four, so <laughs> okay, this really get, fascinates me. You have the whole list in front of you. Can I have you, the whole list. Can in front you of just me. give us the bottom ten? I can give you guys the bottom. You guys want to hear the bottom ten? I yeah, do. yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Number, number ninety is Kira Knightley. That seems uh, right. Ninety one <laughs> is Jason Statham. I would have thought he'd be higher. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so you know, he's like a very well known. Ninety two. This is almost embarrassing. Our man Justin Timberlake. Oh, what Justin? Justin. He's, how is that possible? He's busy. Uh, he's he's bit. And when you think about it, how many like movies? If you're talking just about movies. Oh, I forget yeah, this. Just about true. movies. Yeah, 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 you know, we're not talking. We're not talking music. Right. Mm-hmm. He at least beat out Zac Efron, who's at number ninety three. <laughs> okay. Ninety four is is Sean Penn. 95 is somebody else I thought would be higher. Kristen Wiig. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's great. But again, she hasn't done a ton of movies. But again, yet. besides Bridesmaids, there's not a whole lot out there. She yep. was in another uh, terrible movie. I forget what it was. But she is then Jesse Eisenberg is 96. Who's uh, that? He was in Social Network. Social Network. Yeah. Oh, he then was in uh, the, uh, Now You See Me, which I just watched the other night. He was in that Zombieland. as well. Zombieland. Is that terrible? Zombieland. Yeah, well, it wasn't great, but yeah. it's not something that I'd bring up later and recommend. We weren't okay. recommending it. Right. Hmm. 97 is... Uh, is Owen Wilson, who I, who I, I thought always he liked. Not. I just haven't seen him in. I mean, in, in Wes Anderson movies, he's great. Yeah. Without Wes Anderson around, 
I, he's probably number 97 on my list of 100 favorite actors. Speaking of Wes Anderson, oh, did, you, did you, see you see that? that, that SNL trailer. Oh, oh, so good. So yeah. good. Oh, it's just beautiful. It's Dear just homeowner, easy. can we kill you now? Yeah. <laughs> Sincerely, the murderers. <laughs> no, yeah, you yeah. may not. Yeah, but the little things they did with like the cut to and then yeah, like yeah. all the things that the kids bring and it like went through the list. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. For, for, for listeners who haven't heard on SNL this past week with Edward, Edward Norton when he, when he guest starred, they did a digital short that was a fake, was a trailer for a fake Wes Anderson directed horror movie yeah. called A Midnight Quartieri of Sinister Intruders. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it essentially uh, captured the aesthetic of Wes Anderson films perfectly oh my gosh. Uh, while you know promoting a, 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 like a home invasion plot. It was so good. So funny. And Edward Norton's Owen Wilson impersonation was, oh, it was awesome. Spot on. It was, it was, it was stunning. On. It was really good. When he says, uh, quick to the panic room, and that's that little like <laughs> little <tea> ironic <laughs> tent. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, 98's man. Jason Bateman, uh, okay. Rest of Development, and yeah. then Tyler Perry and Leon Helmsworth. All right. There you go. I think Those it's good to, be, good to be just on the list, I suppose. Yeah. It's just, I mean, they're all higher than I am. That is know? true. I, Tyler came in at 101. Yeah. Just I'm missed right it this year. Yeah. Right Rob you. Next you're year. always right in the neighborhood with Tyler Perry, I feel like. <laughs> you're just right, on, yes. on, on, on a lot of different lists. Mm. My longstanding feud with Tyler Perry. He's He's got a one-up on me here. <laughs> I'll get you next year, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jesse, what do you got, man? Okay, I have a, kind of a different type of slice, uh, especially with, with Halloween um you know, uh, re- yesterday re- upon us. Yeah. Um, I felt like it was apropos. Um, this is a story and we actually posted a link on, we can put a link on the episode page. If you're interested, I was pretty interested in it. We did a slice on it earlier in the week on the, on the front page of the website about the newest, uh, hipster trend in Brooklyn, according to Newsweek magazine. Does anyone know what it is? Is it opera? Cause that was my guess many months ago. <laughs> I, I, I saw the report you're talking about, Jesse, but it, this is good. It, it's actually um, witchcraft. Wow. Oh, oh, wow. Black magic and, and the occult are evidently uh, having – one expert said that there, there's the areas of sort of trendy neighborhoods in Brooklyn that are primarily populated by millennials and 20-somethings are experiencing somewhat of an occult revival – um, and uh, seance parties and tarot card readings and different sort of uh, gatherings of, of people practicing different types of, uh, uh, of occult practices and actual witchcraft uh, are becoming a pretty big thing uh, among that demographic in the area. And they said that there's a lot of different uh, factors that are, are, are kind of leading – some of these uh, young people to explore this sort of uh, kind of strange spiritual practices and beliefs. But they pointed to a couple things. Uh, they, they talked to a couple experts, someone from NYU, um, that they said that, you know, black magic and witchcraft often is something that appeals to people who feel disenfranchised and that they mm. use the, the quote, uh, post-recession anxiety that a lot of these 20-somethings are feeling maybe not being able to find a job or having college debt, that, you know, practicing these sorts of mysterious, uh, ancient and dark practices um, leads to a sense of empowerment 
Um, but they said it's it's part of a larger uh, trend that is happening among a lot of millennials who uh, they point to stats that are actually the most non-religious generation in history that's yeah. documented. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, so many 20-somethings are turning away from organized religion that still have a desire for a sense of spirituality. That's something like paganism or the occult or uh, the, these sort of uh, – you know, different practices allows them to dabble in the supernatural without being tied to a formal religion. Mm-hmm. You know what? This is interesting because it uh, this explains why they're selling brooms at J. Crew now. God Almighty, <laughs> Calvin! So, oh he went, he went right there. <laughs> so wow! I was wondering, <laughs> Calvin. I was like, oh, cool, like artisan brooms. <laughs> God Almighty! Oh, as, my. If, <laughs> as if, as if hipsters haven't ruined. Enough things. Now they you, gotta, you know what the ironic thing is, though, about that, about that, which is funny, um, is that they in the story they actually noted that uh, uh, Urban Outfitters had these prayer candles that oh. they've been selling, and they became so popular um, for some of these different types of ceremonies that they're actually on back order now. Wow! Wow! Jeez! That's crazy. Now the question, my question would be: Is this uh, an actual interest in, in the genuine occult, or is this more of like a uh, something like in the with the metal craze, where there was lots of mm-hmm. obsession with the symbolism that's associated with the occult that may be very dangerous in and of itself, but not actually trying to communicate with the dead or... You know, or well, it nature. makes it sound... I mean, according to... Again, this is based on a Newsweek story. So, uh, the, the story is called uh, Hexing and Texing. Texting. Um, Clever. Good and, one. Yeah. A- so, so but, yeah. but according to the story, that there, that it, it isn't necessarily something that's done for fashion reasons, uh, like you were saying with, like, the you know, the uh, sort of dark, heavy metal you know, phases and things like that. But it, there is a sense of community and a lot of people that are dabbling maybe don't take it all that serious, but it, it, it is something that uh, is uh, more about these sort of gatherings where they do seances and, uh, you know, different sorts of like readings and, you know, ceremonies and things. But there's actually a, a, a notable lack of, indistinguishable fashion elements to it so so that essentially like people that are practitioners or or kind of dabbling or going to these meetings or parties where where these things are happening don't dress a certain way or or or, you know aren't they aren't like wearing like you know dark gowns or anything like that they're actually saying it's the opposite that these you know just look like normal sort of hipster 20-somethings. Hmm. Interesting. I, I wonder, Interesting. though, the, the thing that's curious to me is that it sounds like it's, you know, search for significance, search for um, purpose and answers, right? Why, why is... I, I'm curious why these, like, black arts, occult stuff, why is that taking hold more than uh, the message of Jesus or well, any other religion that basically... Uh, would offer from a cursory view, right? Understanding that, like, the truth of Jesus is a deeper truth than any of these things. But what? Why this particular? Well, well r- real quick, one thing in the story is, is that they note that there is there tends to be in the uh, you know this generation somewhat of an aversion to organized religion, you know, whether it's because of, you know, bad experiences or perceived corruption. And they actually said one, there's one particular element of the, that millennial community that's particularly drawn to the supernatural. 
and they say it's the uh, LGBT community. Okay. Hmm. Who, who may have, you know, feel isolated from well, what, you, what you were saying, Eddie, from Christianity. This slice is interesting because uh, Eddie sent me his slice a yeah. little bit earlier, and it kind of ties in with your slice. So I'm just going to throw it to, to Eddie here. Well, yeah, and I think it's the same conversation as it's talking about. There was a study done of uh, hundreds of churches amongst all different denominations, and they were talking about how giving in attendance is the lowest that it has been since, uh, since the time of the Depression. Uh, and mostly the... Uh, the the giving is as low as it has been since the depression um, and the steepest monetary decline in the church has been in the area of benevolence so not just looking at the local congregation's needs but what they do outside of the walls of the church and giving to missions work and basically it's just tied to less people are attending church and moreover the the Giving per person has gone down because in 1968, church members gave an average of 3.1% of their income, which is funny because a lot of churches still do budgeting math based on, okay, if everybody gives 3%, here's what faithfulness looks like, but people aren't giving 3% and haven't been for a long time. Right now, the the latest numbers from the latest study are, uh, it was 2.3% in 2011, uh, and that's down from 2.4% in 2010. So there's a significant decrease, but... So it's not just a decrease in the people that are going, but also, I mean, uh, giving and tithing relates to... So the, to, people, that, the people that are going, that's even right. though there are less of them, the people that are right. going are giving even less that's individually. Ex- that's exactly right. That's okay. exactly right. Okay. And I wonder just, uh, you know, I, we talk about giving in a very interesting way at our church, and we set up the tithe and the offering, I think, in a way that talks about, you know, this is a deeper thing than keeping the doors open and paying for the staff. But I wonder if we've lost that message generally as a, as a church. I wonder if we've, we're losing our foothold of significance in mm-hmm. culture, tying back to, to Jesse's slice. Yeah. Do you think, mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> that, that any part of it is, is just because our society has become so consumeristic mm-hmm. in some ways or, and, or, and, or, uh, you know, it, we've become so computerized with our money mm-hmm. that we receive direct deposits for our paychecks and we pay our bills online with auto pay and right. all of those different things. And yeah. very rarely do we write a check or do right. we hand money over. And I think yeah. a lot of churches have had a hard time even adapting to like yeah. the new technologies, you know, where you could actually set up your tithe, if you will, as right. like a, almost like a direct deposit. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know that if my church didn't have like that, that ability to do it online, I'd probably be more unlikely to give regularly, just not because I don't want to, but yeah, yeah. For, for practical reasons that I don't carry a checkbook. Yeah. But yeah. fortunately, yeah, my, my, well. my church, and I'm, just, I'm sure a growing number are, but there could be, like you were saying, Chad, pragmatic reasons for the trend, as well as larger, you know, a larger spiritual condition that that may have an effect as well. Yeah. That's why our coin, our, our church is taking bitcoins now. It's been very helpful for us. <laughs> Thank you. I think it'll work. Yeah, I've been I've been tithing to my church in terms of just offering helpful advice on yeah. Facebook and yeah. things. Yeah, I just comment on, on the pastor's yeah. wall about the sermon. I give things yeah. of monetary value. Being yeah. incredibly critical about memorabilia. 
See, I, I just I just, give, I just send links to like really interesting Craigslist yeah, stuff that cool. I see. Another leadership podcast. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, I give tracks, which seems a little mm. counterproductive when you're doing that to a church. But hey, if it works in the restaurant, <laughs> yeah. think it would work in the church. So <laughs> uh, there was a uh, they said in this article, and I think it's speaking to both of our slices. Uh, um, there's a phenomenon happening as well that they've done studies it's called the grazer effect. People are not going to church every week now, and the weeks they do go, um, the weeks that they don't go, they're listening to uh, podcasts or online worship, um, and they're doing their fellowshipping in other ways. And so it may not only just be that technologically we're not we're not standing up in terms of you know we're still basically taking cash and checks and who does that, mm-hmm. but also technologically. Mm. Community is looking different. We've talked about this a yeah. ton about what this community on Facebook yeah, looked yeah, like. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I got to feel like we're within 10 years of somebody doing, I think even quicker than that, a some sort of decentralized, non-locational church something and figuring out some pretty... Cloud, cloud church. Well, kind of. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, it's look called, at like, Life Church. It's called Heaven, you know? Calvin. Yeah. Oh, Cloud but, Church is called Heaven. <laughs> but I mean, if we're talking about engaging culture, you know, it's like yeah. how long do we push people to come into a brick and mortar thing on a Sunday morning sure. versus that's not really the way they engage with the community. That's not the way they engage. And, and I, I, I don't know. I kind of well, wonder. Well, if, I mean, you're familiar with LifeChurch.tv. Yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. I mean, yeah. And, and I mean, beyond just their, you know, webcast and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they've been wildly they, they they're behind or part of the force behind U version which is one of the most successful yeah. apps of any genre yeah, which is a, a downloadable community centric bible so you know i think there there yeah there are different churches and individuals you know that are progressive in that way but in terms of giving i wonder if that does i wonder if that's sort of a a, a value thing with uh, the upcoming generation when it comes to, you know, I, I think about often, you know, our generation, you know, collectively is part of an economic circumstance that, you know, I, we're probably unprepared for, you know, mm-hmm. a, a prolonged recession that a lot of our peers and, and, and people we know and have suffered from unemployment and things where we think differently about money, and maybe that has an effect too. Yeah, wonder. But then there's a. I mean, you know, and I don't know that we'll get to the end of this, but this still concerns me on a larger level. Of are, are we missing the the hope and tr- are we missing the opportunity to share the hope and truth of Jesus Christ to a generation? Are we missing something here in translation and how we're how we're doing this? Because yes, there's more accessible ways to give, yeah. and yes, there's you know probably thoughts to you know, a traditional church versus an online church, but this doesn't speak to Jesse Slice. This doesn't speak to the fact that when presented with multiple options from society on how to uh, engage and how to how to reconcile a life that is this side of heaven, very, very difficult, they're not turning to Jesus. They're mm-hmm. turning to more and more to this a cult, mm-hmm. right? And these are good or, kids, or, or, or even just other spiritual trends That's that right. aren't. That's right. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. like there, basically, there's a, a desire for deeper truth, or at mm-hmm. least to explore spirituality. Yeah. But it no longer is the church the de facto destination, and in fact, maybe a declining destination for the people that are searching. And yeah. people will say, you know, well, the devil's got a foothold, and it's just all right. But that's always been the case. The the yeah. 
that that can't just be like oh devil's, devil's taking over new york like that's yeah what what are we not doing how are we missing the mark in some way and in in a generation i suppose this is every generation's problem to figure yeah. out for the generation next. i suppose because sure. the desire doesn't change Correct. dramatically the desire for deeper meaning and right. spiritual truth doesn't change it's right. just where people go for the source if anything where it might have been incre- it might be increasing mm-hmm. that's our, very true you know, yeah yeah as, as I, mean, that's sort of one thing that's knows that in times of economic hardship people search even more yeah and it depends yeah where are they looking you know yeah, and, and yeah, what, why is the, the 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 Christian church lacking an appeal? You yeah. know, and there is though. I mean, you know, the greatest generation is the same generation that made these monolithic, wonderful, like Methodist churches where we come and we sit and we sit in the same place, and it's us unified as one church together. But our culture has shifted, and we're no longer that kind of generation where iPod and Army of One and things that sure. are very individualistic, and that doesn't mean it's bad. Right. But how does truth of Jesus translate in that context? And I, I there's something there's something I still can't wrap my head around about how to best engage with that. Though there are other great churches and pastors yeah. and people. Yeah. There, mm. so. All that to say, um, our podcast should never be a substitute for your local church on a Sunday. Night. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please. Oh, if that, if that yeah. is the case, you got to just <laughs> please, if it, if please it is, call a pastor right yeah, now. Yeah, right now, go seek help. You and, need and, prayer and move out of Brooklyn <laughs> asap because yeah. there's a path of destruction on the way. Uh, <laughs> I didn't re- know we were all pastors. Yeah, return that Ouija board. I mean, it, it would even powerful. be better. It would even be better to talk to your your pastor's hot wife. Oh than, God! Oh, Ooh, yucky! Ooh, gross! To, uh, <laughs> Man, y'all, my wife is just smoking just so hot, hot, y'all. <laughs> Let me bring her up here, baby. <laughs> Stand up, honey. Come on, give her a round Woo! of applause. Look at that! Woo! Look at that! <laughs> <laughs> Oprah was a fox. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with Oprah. Once that? again, once is- again, proving that none of us are pastors. I think I found out why a lot of people aren't going to church. That's what happens at you guys' churches. <laughs> once again, our podcast is not a substitute for your Sunday yeah. morning. So our act, our podcast should actually make you go to church just to <laughs> yeah. kind of have if you listen to this podcast regularly yeah. you should be going to an extra church yeah, yeah. And, or giving just, even more of your income and a lot of church. communion a lot, like of a, uh, a lot of prayer it's for like us. A, it's like a cleansing of the spiritual palate <laughs> <laughs> i am i am reset at zero i yeah. can go either way now. we're the uh we're the miracle fruit of <laughs> spirituality church could maybe get you back to zero <laughs> oh man all right that's you, gonna man. do it for slices uh uh, and that's probably awesome. going to do it for uh, for Mr. Calvin Keeley this and, week. And maybe you know? for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's a good shut us down for good. Uh, the the guy outside the windows keeps it like doing that slicing of the hand across the neck thing when he <laughs> looks at me. I'm a guess. I'm guessing that's not a good thing. Yeah, no. Yeah, this is this is probably going to get axed. Uh, oh, Calvin, wow. thanks for well, thanks for coming in today, man. It's good. To see, it's good to hear. Thanks. You, it's good, good to hear. Yeah. You, buddy, Enjoy recording time. the actual podcast that you'll air. <laughs> <laughs> we feel like this is a good run through. Yeah, you're doing the whole thing with Warmed like you up. candy, po- candy things, and all yeah. stuff that we can actually talk about. Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. All right. Hey, great stay tuned. You. Coming up next, we have our interview with Pete Wilson. You're listening to Trent Dabbs. The song is She's My Destination. It's from his new album called The Way We Look at Horses. Uh, Trent Dabbs is one half of the band Sugar on the High Low. 
uh, who have performed and appeared here on the podcast and in Relevant Magazine. Trent's new album is available right now over at The Drop. Go check it out. Well, Pete Wilson is the founding and senior pastor of Cross Point Church in Nashville, Tennessee, a church community that he and his wife, Brandy, planted in 2003. It's one of the fastest growing churches in America, having grown to reach more than 5,000 people each weekend through its five campuses located around the Nashville area and online. Pete is the author of the book Plan B that released back in 2010, as well as the book Empty Promises that released in the spring of last year. But he's just released his third book, and it's called Let Hope In. The book presents a new look at the power of healing through hope, revealing four unique choices that have the potential to change your life forever. With Wilson's telltale cadence and candor, Let Hope In explores accounts of seemingly hopeless moments in the Bible, illustrating God's ultimate plan for healing by letting hope fill the dark places of your past. Our very own Eddie Kaufholtz recently sat down with him. Here is our conversation with Pete Wilson. First, I'd love to hear about Crosspoint because I've heard a lot about Crosspoint. I've been watching you all from uh, a distance. I know you're in your 11th year now as a church. That's right. Which is a big milestone for a church. Hitting that 10-year mark is a big deal. Tell us about your church. Yeah, it is. Ten year, you're right. 10 years is a big deal because I, I feel like this is the only thing I've ever done in my life. And so <laughs> I'm wondering if, if church years are kind of like dog years. And really, you know, it's been like 70 years. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a great journey. It's been a blast. Uh, we love ministering here at Cross Point. We're in Nashville, which is a great city. It's where I grew up. So uh, it's kind of fun to to, you know, do ministry and life in the city where you grew up, and uh, it has some of its own unique challenges, but for the most part, it is awesome, <laughs> and uh, we've, we've had a blast, you know, we feel like we've just been on this incredible journey, and to be honest, for me, I feel like I've just been trying to keep up with the thing uh, year <laughs> after year, and we never, you know, we never set out to be a big church or a fast-growing church. Uh, we just really wanted to be a healthy church, just a healthy group of people trying to figure out what does it really look like for us to try to, you know, follow Jesus and love like Jesus. And uh, so we've been on a crazy wild ride, and it's, uh, it's really humbling just to be a part of it. What have you learned about yourself as you've gone through this process because I, I imagine that you've had to you must have had to evolve with it because from an idea to 5,000 people on a weekend there are very different demands on on you as a leader what what have you learned in this process yeah I think the biggest thing I've learned about myself is um, and this is a really painful lesson over the past couple of years but so much of my ministry has been driven by a desire to be loved and that's it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but so much of my life I've, I've been a people pleaser. And I've really just, I just, I'm fed from, you know, other people admiring me or accepting me or loving me. And so I, I really look back, and I, this is a huge lesson that I learned in, in starting our church. Because for the first several years, and I, like, we just, you know, 
we needed people. We needed people to help us set up and tear down, and we needed people to give so that we could right. we could exist <laughs> another week. And so there was this real temptation for me to kind of tell people whatever they wanted to hear to get them to stay. And so I would have people sit down with me, and they'd tell me about you know the women's ministry that they wanted to have and what it was going to look like. And the whole time they're talking, I'm sitting there thinking there is no way we're ever going to have a women's ministry like that. <laughs> but right. I didn't say that. Of I would just not. sit there and right. nod along and say, wow, that'd be great. And maybe one day. And and all the time knowing that that wasn't true. Mm. And so essentially, I, I spent several years, you know, just kind of telling people what they wanted to hear so that we could have warm bodies. Mm. And what a horrible mistake that was because obviously at some point they... And you know, understandably so, they're going to cash in on those promises, and they want to know why. You know, why isn't this church becoming what we thought it was going to become? And I, I really, looking back on that, my my desire was not to lie to them or really manipulate them, but it, it was this desire that I I wanted to be loved. And so, probably the biggest lesson I've learned is that there's a huge difference between being loved and being loving. And I, I've had to really readjust a lot of things in my life and in my ministry to say, you know what, for years I was motivated by being loved, but really my motivation needs to be loving. And that, that just led to a lot of changes um, that you know we went through as a church and kind of the way we had things structured. And uh, it's been really helpful, but man, that's a, that's, it's really humbling when you get to that place to realize that uh, so much of your ministry was really fed by just this, you know, nasty kind of sinful desire of finding my identity in the wrong place. I want to talk about your new book, Let Hope In, which is fantastic, by the way, and I'm glad you wrote it. It was helpful personally uh, to read, and I, I am looking forward to a lot of other people reading this. And you, as a pastor, generate a lot of content. You probably write the outline for, what, a book a month? And so you've got no shortage of topics to write on. But why specifically? Why would you write Let Hope In? Well, I'll answer that question. That's very kind of you to say that about content but honestly I feel like I struggle with content I remember when I wrote my first book Plan B mm-hmm. uh, I, I write my messages out manuscript word for word and generally I memorize them but um, I remember with Plan B I've done a message series called Plan B and that's what you know the publisher contacted me and said hey we'd like to make this into a book I was like great and um, I remember the six week series and um, I took all six of the messages and dumped them into a Word document. And I remember the publisher saying, we, we would like the book to be 60,000 words. I was like, okay, great, 60,000 <laughs> words. Well, I, all six of those messages into a Word document, and all six messages were like 12,000 words. And I panicked. You've got nothing. <laughs> you have not I was, I, panicked. I was like, that's everything I know about this topic. Like, where are the other 48,000 words going to come from? Like, uh, and so it's, it's funny that, you know, that you say that. But this, this book, Let Hope In, for me, I love the topic of hope. And uh, really, it kind of came from this desire just as a pastor with all the different people that I talk with 
who I think have a lot of tremendous reasons to have hope in their life. And yet, what, what I feel like I've discovered is that while people like the idea of hope, there are very few people actually living with hope on a day-to-day basis. And that for so many people, what they really kind of think of as hope was really just kind of the positive feelings they felt when their circumstances were going well. Hmm. But if their circumstances were falling apart, it went just away immediately. Hmm. And I really believe that, you know, the Bible talks about this kind of hope that we can all have that we kind of wear regardless of what we're going through, regardless of what's kind of happening you know, circumstantially, whether life is working out exactly the way you want it to work out or not. And there's a verse, Ephesians 1.18, which really kind of was so inspirational for me. It just said this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Hmm. And that verse to me is this idea that, that we're actually called to hope and that my, my prayer really for this book was that in some way it would help enlighten the eyes of people's hearts. Hmm. That in some way it would just kind of be a prompting to remind us to the hope that we have and the hope really that we're called to live out day to day. And you start this journey of hope, you start this by... Uh, you kind of launch into the book and you, and you write, many of our choices in life are tied to our past. And, and the launching point, it seems, is looking at the narrative of the life that, that we grew up in um, and looking at the baggage that we have. And it struck me as I was reading this is this, this idea of having baggage from our past is a universal statement, isn't it? I mean, there's almost nobody that says, hey, I have no baggage. Everything's fine. Yeah. I'm just right here in the present. But there's always a narrative competing for for God's voice in our mind, and you did a beautiful job of illustrating this. Why Why is it, and maybe this is just the human condition, but I, I wanted your thoughts on this. Why is it that even with great parents and great circumstances, there's always something competing? There is always baggage. There is always a choice that is tied to our past that prevents us from really trusting God. Yeah, I... The easy answer to that, and it's kind of cliche, but is just living in a broken world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about that all the time as a parent. You know, I, I had great parents, right. and yet I, I have baggage. Um, I have hurts. You know, I have wants and desires that went unmet. Um, and I think about that as a parent. I have three, three little boys, and all the time I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what are all the ways right now that I am screwing them up? You know, that... I, I don't even realize it, right. but all, all little things that I do somehow that I suggest that are going to impact them and their relationships in the future. And I, I do, I think it is part of being a fallen human being. I think it's, you know, part of just the struggle of living in a world that's somewhat cursed. And, um, you know, my encouragement to people is kind of to help them get to this place where, where they at least connect the dots. Because you're right, nobody is going to escape this world without some emotional bruising. It's not going to happen. Mm. Uh, we, we are all going to encounter some pain and some hurt. Um, the key, I think, is helping people understand that, listen, your, your past 
is not really your past if it's still impacting the present. You know, it, your past is very much connected. And in fact, really, the, the best predictor of your future is in fact your past, hmm. unless there's some kind of monumental transformation. And really the goal of this book is not to become a person who doesn't have a history because everybody does have a history. Everybody does have a past. That, that would be senseless. It would be useless. The goal is trying to kind of provide a different way to look at our past, kind of a different filter to look at our past. Because I, I think God can actually use all of those things, whether it was painful experiences, whether it was crisis, whether it was hurt, harm, whatever. I think God can use all those things from our past, actually, for, for His glory, and He can use them in our own life to impact other people. What, what's your hope for this book? Someone reads this book, they close it, get up from their sofa. What, what is their next right step? You know, I think for every person it might be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think the reasons why we're not living with hope are, are kind of different for, for every person. Um, you know, I, I think my, my hope for a lot of people is that they're able to shed the shame that they're living with. I think shame is a, is a huge issue today in the church. And um, I, I think, you know, as Christians, really the only shame you carry now is the shame that you choose to carry. Um, and so, you know, I, I think for some people, I hope that this will begin the process of kind of shedding the shame that's controlling them in their life. I think for other people, I pray that this book will help them find an awareness of their past. Uh, because I, I think awareness of our past doesn't always come easy. I think what comes easy is denial. And so we're pretty quick pretty intentional to bury, you know, our emotions that make us feel ashamed or make us feel uncomfortable. Um, I think for some people, my hope and my prayer is that um, they will learn not only to embrace forgiveness, but that they'll learn to extend forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot in this book about our lack of forgiveness, our unwillingness to forgive people in our life is part of what's keeping us from really living a life of hope. Um, and so, really, in each one of those cases, I, I think ultimately, my prayer is that people really begin to understand that God is bigger than your history, and He's more concerned with your destiny. And if you can trust Him, if you can learn to surrender to Him, um, He can breathe hope, a sustaining hope, into our lives. That was Pete Wilson. Again, his new book is called Let Hope In. You can learn more at lethopein.com, petewilson.tv. You can follow him at the letter P, Wilson. And be sure to go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com where you can hear the full unedited conversation between Eddie and Pete Wilson.
You're listening to Arcade Fire. The song is We Exist. It's from the new album, Reflector. Okay, how many of you guys have bought the album? I got I got it. I got it. I bought, I bought it on vinyl. It. It's great. Yeah, I, I, I've listened to it, but I'm yet to purchase. Eddie? Uh, beta. Do you know who on, Arcade Fire is? I have it on Beta, beta Max. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go check it out, Arcade Fire. Uh, the new album is called Reflector. Well, we want to introduce you to a great new company, uh, who is sponsoring this week's segment of Relevant Recommends. The company is called Fracture. Fracture is a better way to print and display your favorite pictures. You know, people take hundreds of digital photos and most of them end up just trapped in your phone or computer. Well, Fracture makes it easy to preserve your memories on your wall. A Fracture is a picture printed directly on glass. That's right, it's printed directly on glass. It's really cool. It's a picture, frame, and mount all in one. Everything you need to get your photo on your wall comes right in the box. Prices start at just 12 bucks for a small size, uh, and they have a variety of sizes to fit every wall. It's super easy. You just upload your own picture at FractureMe.com. Make sure everything looks just how you want it to. And then when you're ready to purchase, use coupon code RELEVANT at checkout. And that's going to get you 15% off your first purchase. Again, go to FractureMe.com, upload your photo, and when you're ready to check out, use coupon code RELEVANT to get 15% off your first purchase. We just got one in here at the office with the cover of the brand new November-December issue of Relevant with Mindy Kaling on the cover, and the product was beautiful. You know, I think you guys are really going to like what Fracture does with your picture. So thanks again to Fracture for sponsoring yeah. this segment of these all things the are really it's really really cool. Like I just we just got uh, family pictures taken. <laughs> yeah, this you want to do it? I kind of I kind of do. Yeah, I want to get our like good family picture taken and put it up. You should in the house. It's really cool. Really cool. We're really stoked that they are uh, sponsoring this segment of Relevant Recommends. Okay, well uh, speaking of recommends, this is a segment that we do every now and then where we just kind of tell you some of the things that we are into right now: uh, music, TV shows, movies, whatever it might be. Tickle uh, fights. Tickle fights. Noogie. Uh, lots of that, you know, lots of that kind of stuff. So, um, Jesse, let's start with you, man. What is your uh, recommendation this week? Okay, so I have a, a sort of an old album that is new again. Striper? Uh, it's the Striper catalog. <laughs> Way just, oh, just yeah. the, everything they've ever recorded. Okay, cool. Um, Thriller? And, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you heard of this guy, Michael Jackson. <laughs> the Beatles. Um, no, uh, in this... Uh, past month in October marked the 10-year anniversary, which is insane to think about, of the Death Cab for Cutie al- uh, album uh, Transatlanticism, mm-hmm. uh, oh, which oh. W- when it came out back in 2003. Um, wow. And I-, I remember at the time, I really liked Death Cab for Cutie. Um, and I remember when that album came out, hearing it and thinking, this band is no longer going to be a uh, uh, you know, a band that only a certain group of music listeners are going to be into. Like they're going to make a jump, yeah. and and it, they totally did. Yeah. It, 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 it cracked the Billboard Top 100. It's a phenomenal album that really captures the uh, early 2000 kind of indie rock feel. It wasn't necessarily like the fun kind of indie pop, but it wasn't something that was totally inaccessible either. It was it was right in that sort of. Uh, balance of, of having emotion without being cynical or ironic. Uh, you know, Death Cab does that really well, where they are have the ability to be sincere without being cheesy. Um, you know, it, it, it has some uh, just really good, interesting spiritual themes in the album. 
Um, really cool. Anyway, it, the, the 10-year anniversary of that album, it's been reissued. And the new uh, reissue is loaded with demos and all types of songs that didn't make the cut of the original album. But if, you, if you're if you Death Cab for Cutie UK fan or just like indie rock from that era, definitely something very cool to check out. If you are, for some reason, completely unfamiliar with that album, here is a clip. When I stumbled upon pictures I tried to I remember that album coming out 2003 Man, it, it takes was, me it takes me back yeah. it's one of those albums that when i hear it i go back to a very specific time yeah, in my life i do too i do too it was the year i was uh engaged to be married to my smoking hot wife man um, <laughs> 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 uh 2003 so uh good times all right talk about cutie <laughs> <laughs> oh tyler what is your recommendation this week well my recommendation i, I say this I, I should probably feel a little more guilty about this uh, guilty pleasure than I do, but but I can't help myself. Okay. Um, I, I, I dug in. It was one of those nights. We talked about this recently about Netflix, things that you'd be embarrassed people saw this on your sure, Netflix. Sure, And And I was, but I just, I'd, I'd heard enough sort of internet chatter about this show that I decided to give a show called Arrow a shot. Yeah. It sounds very unpromising because it's based on a sort of B-less DC superhero called Green Arrow, who's like a sort of a modern-day Robin Hood. Sounds really dumb. All of the promotional material for it looks really dumb. Is actually spectacular. Spectacularly uh, dumb. I was I was roped in. <laughs> I was roped in right away. Uh, that's not true. I was roped in. The pilot was a little shaky. Okay. Pilot gave me some words, but it was enough yeah. for me to give a second episode a shot. And it actually and people who like a like the Dark Knight or some of Christopher Nolan's uh, takes on superhero things will probably appreciate this show quite a bit because of how uh, loosely it takes the superhero genre. It doesn't include a lot of costumes and it doesn't make references to a lot of mutants or, or people who have like chemical spider powers or whatever. It stays pretty grounded in reality throughout it and, and tries to follow very seriously someone who decides that he just can't take crime in his city anymore and to do something about it that's beyond the bounds of the law and he just happens to use a, a bow and arrow to those ends and uh also gets a little bit political with some of the uh it, it's obviously very based and inspired by the occupy movement he's very young and, and they make that his youth a big part of the show and that he's very idealistic about hating the rich and believing that the the, the poor are getting a, a not very fair shake of the current economy and he tries to even that balance and in doing so he gets involved in some very gray areas that put his the reasons why he got into this in the first place to the test and uh and i'm hooked all all the way through it's it's on it's on netflix um and they're they're posting the episodes of the new season as soon as they come out so you can actually follow along with it for free and it's on the cw which i wouldn't say is generally thought of as a purveyor of the sort of culture that we at relevant like to follow yeah but uh, but I'm gonna say that this is a uh, I'm gonna say this one has gone from being a guilty pleasure to being an actual pleasure, and I think if you if you can handle some some superhero type things, uh, but definitely more in the vein of of Batman the Dark Knight type stuff than the Avengers or or uh, Iron Man type things, then you'll probably have a good time with it. Good stuff. 
Wow. Eddie, Eddie, what do you got, man? All right. That, I'm very interested in that show, by the way. that is, I do like that kind of stuff. And you got me with Dark Knight. I love all that. Plus, I really, I do not have it in me to start a show that is not fully recommended. Right. Because I am just There's like, too much, I'll get sucked into whatever, shows. but right. then I'll be sucked into nine seasons of Cake Boss on Netflix. <laughs> one. We've talked about this. Well, but by the way, our discussion of Murder, She Wrote has now spawned a remake. I don't know if you guys saw that. I, I did. did. I did. She wrote. Coincidentally... Just weeks after we discussed yeah. it. Yeah. Who is, uh, see how that works. I, that happened with DC Talk. I mean, they're not reunited, but there's a lot of chatter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's going to play the new Angela Lansbury? Uh, Octavia Spencer. Who's yeah, that? Yeah, it's Octavia Spencer. Oh. Who's that person? Uh, she was in The Help. Yeah, she she, she wanted she an Academy Award for that, right? Yeah. Oh well, good for her. So first <laughs> first episode, she just first episode. Good for she, her. She, I don't know what what he's saying. Congratulations, yeah, congrats. she's not listening. Yeah. Uh, her first episode, she the first murder is she murdered Angela Lansbury. Oh. They have to. She said, "I'm not actual Angela Lansbury. Whatever her character's name is, she was jogging through the whatever." <laughs> yeah, she jogs all the way to Hollywood to find where the actress Angela Lansbury lives. <laughs> Murders. I love it. Here's my unrelated to her role. <laughs> right? It actually is very tragic and very real. It's a very yeah. it's, it's a very dark take on murder. She wrote. <laughs> murder All right. she committed. All right. So one of my favorite bands is about to come out with their fourth album. Uh, this band is called Midlake. Now I have no mm, idea yeah, about them. where Midlake is on the social. Like, do people know about Midlake? I mean, I'd say they're a small indie kind of band i mean yeah i mean they would be on the radar of of a, of a magazine like you know pitchfork or or okay. relevant or you know For something sure. like that because i had this moment uh many years ago like very early college i'm like man this guy john mayer is really really good right and then right. i was like oh cool he's playing it he's playing at uf and then i showed up and there were twenty five thousand people there I'm like oh i see yeah everybody knows about him anyhow this guy john mayer <laughs> this guy's got a career ahead of him you, you, you picture you thought you were going to like a little coffee shop show well, i i should have known when it was at the like the auditorium right. the huge but i still thought i don't know i was just dumb <laughs> anyway uh so anyhow midlake coming out with their their fourth album and these guys are such an interesting band they're out of denton texas and they these guys were all or most of them were all um like music conservatory school students just incredibly talented really talented musicians and they got together i think as a school project to play some music together and they ended up forming this band called midlake and Probably my favorite song of all time, I, I would say, is one of their songs. Um, it's uh, off their... They have a couple of albums. Acts of Man was one of their albums. Mm-hmm. Um, the Courage... I'm sorry. It was called The Courage of Others. The song is Acts of Man. And um, I just... They're one of those bands that kind of has the epic sweeping kind of vibe of like old Pink Floyd where it was sort of like... a band but they were just making a lot of sonic noise and it's i'm not sure if it's um npr said it's somewhere between rock and and folk music but you can't really discern which one it is but the thing that gets me is their vocals are just arranged so perfectly and beautifully and as a guy that grew up on simon and garfunkel and i just die when i hear good tight harmony Mm -hmm. these guys are just amazing so their new album 
It's called Anaphon, A-N-T-I-P-H-O-N. Comes out this week. It comes out this <clears throat> right? week. Yep. It does come out this yeah. week, but you can listen to it on NPR First Listen. The whole awesome. album is on there. Oh, cool. And uh, they just put out a very cool two-color vinyl signed thing that I'm going to try to stop by Park Ave today and yeah, see if we can cool. buy. But the, I, I get nervous every time they come out with an album because their first uh, their first album, well, the first one that was kind of on people's radar was the Trial of Van Occupanther, yeah. was just so incredible from beginning to end even like the buried song that's like the second from the last was like just stunning and then the courage of others was so good but then they lost their uh, their lead singer guy the guy that like fronted the band tim smith yeah was uh uh was out of the band and he had that really distinct tone and distinct voice. But uh, Eric uh, Polito, who was the band's guitarist and did a lot of the backing vocals for them, has stepped up as the new lead singer. And the quality has not changed at all in the band. So I would highly recommend this album. Uh, and you can listen to the whole thing for free now. And then you should definitely buy it and play it before Christmas. Here is a clip. Real quick, I'll just say uh, an album that I'm recommending right now is uh, from some guys off of the Humble Beast record label called Beautiful Eulogy. Uh, you might know those guys. We've uh, featured them on the podcast before. They've been in Relevant Magazine. These guys, you might not recognize their name, but uh, another great artist that we're really into, uh, an artist called Propaganda, that I know a lot of you guys know. Beautiful Eulogy did the music for Propaganda's last album. Um, so they're just super creative, super uh, interesting in, in the compositions that they come out with. You know, they love Jesus, and it's good, redemptive, spiritual uh, hip-hop music. A really cool thing about Beautiful Eulogy is that uh, starting next week, you're going to be able to stream that whole album over at The Drop at relevantmagazine.com. That's right. So, uh, so it's really, really cool. And I just, I can't recommend these guys enough. They're good guys. They make great music. I'm actually going to play a clip of their uh, their new song called You Can Save Me as we uh, kind of go into this break here. But check out Beautiful Eulogy. Uh, the new album is called Instruments of Mercy. And uh, starting next week, it'll be streaming over at The Drop. Um, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Relevant Recommends. Again, special thanks to the segment sponsor, Fracture. Yeah. Go check them out at FractureMe.com. There's so many different religions, I don't have the time to name them. Is each one a different road that is made from the same pavement? Does every road out there go to the same destination? Does every religion offer us the same salvation? Can mankind make an image of a god and be convinced that the god that they imagine in their mind is a god that exists? But if god made man, how can man make a god and make a claim that god is confined to fit within a frame? How can mankind decide how god should be identified? Can you alter the truth if you accept or deny? Do the stars you're listening to Beautiful Eulogy. Uh, the song is You Can Save Me. It's from that new album called Instruments of Mercy. Check it out. Starting next week, that album will be streaming on The Drop at relevantmagazine.com. All right, well, it's time for your feedback and corrections and apologies. Uh, don't believe we had any corrections last week, guys. Good job. 
It was a pretty, a pretty stellar show. Some doctor gave us a pretty stern warning that maybe we should back off all of the candy, cookie, everything talk. Oh, <laughs> well, it'll, it'll never happen, Doc. It'll never ever because we recorded this show in the middle of the day on Wednesday. We're right. all starving. We're starving. So hey, earlier during a break, uh, the listeners don't know this, but Eddie was able to decipher what I was eating <laughs> just by the sound. I did. I was eating a box of nerds, and it was like, boom! You're eating nerds. <laughs> sorry, doctor. Oh man, I need. Sorry, I need uh, a natural source of energy Man. which happens to be high fructose corn syrup with yeah. purple grape flavor on it yeah. Yeah. well you guys are all gonna be listening to this podcast on friday the day after halloween so yeah. you probably will all be completely hyped up on on sugar from yeah. the previous night yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah we're not apologizing for anything i don't know much about doctor science but i think candy's fine yeah yeah it hasn't it's never killed anyone yeah high fructose and all that stuff jesse's yeah, talking fine. about nerds are good for you you're fine <laughs> all right it's time for your uh feedback last week we asked you to tell us your most awkward restaurant story you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. you hit us up on twitter and went over to our facebook page and you told us some of those awkward restaurant stories here are a few of our favorites there are some gems here. Yeah, there, there are is. some, there are some I, real. You guys have had some crazy stories. <laughs> I would like to share a pair. Well, I'll share one, and if somebody else gets it, I'll share them. There are a couple of pancake stories that were cracking me up. Andrew shared uh, that he went out um, to uh, to a restaurant with a friend, and there was this. Uh, they were out to get pancakes, and there was this, <laughs> there was this middle aged waitress, and so upon sitting down, she greeted him with the friend with a more than friends type of hug while embracing, and said, "How have you been, sweetie?" And uh, so this guy, Andrew, kind of like scoots out of the way and is feeling awkward about this. But to Andrew's chagrin, she ran around and did the same thing to him. And she said, you aren't getting away without a big hug, too. As if that wasn't enough, we were having a serious conversation. <laughs> and when she walked by and refilled our drinks, she would occasionally stand right next to us and stare for a minute and or try to interject in the end of the conversation by forcing <laughs> advice or asking us really personal questions. But he never resolves the story, so I'm guessing they never knew this woman. But like, not, she yeah. thought he knew. She knew Andrew and his buddy, and oh, like just, maybe they were like her her nephews or something, oh, right? But it's something like they never. He never knew this lady, so they're sitting there. Well, like, how having, would you like, broach it? You having know, a like, accountability dime or something like yeah. that. And it's just like, well, here's what I do. Here's some coffee. <laughs> I thought it was. Really funny. <laughs> I like this one from Pete. Mm-hmm. Pete said that when he was in college, he there was a restaurant in town that was uh, uh, right near the campus that a lot of uh, college students uh, staffed. And he said he went out with a bunch of uh, people uh, that he that he knew, but a handful that he didn't even know. You know, it was kind of one of those college gatherings where <laughs> yeah. you, you know you, you, some of the people you're out with you, you met for the first time. Well, he said, as it turns out, one of these individuals, and this individual sounds like a terrible person, <laughs> evidently <laughs> suffers from tipping rage. Oh, no. And it, I guess, uh, expresses his displeasure by giving bad tips. So anyway, the waitress's crime in this case was she left the checks at the table shortly after dropping off the food, which I personally kind of prefer. I mean – you know, when I'm ready, I'll, I'll just slide the credit card. But anyway, this set off Mr. Rage. And not only did he complain about it for the rest of the dinner, yell at the waitress, he gave her a two penny tip. That is what? messed up. What? Yeah, that's truly oh messed up. Goodness. So, so our friend Pete, he didn't even know this guy. This is the first night he's meeting him, and he's mortified. So he gets back to his campus mailbox, and he, he later the next day or the next night. And he opened the mailbox, and out of the mailbox fell two pennies and a note. 
And it said, give this back to your friend. Oh, my gosh. Oh, whoa. The, the waitress uh, lived right on the sa- in the same building as him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is that's but crazy. Also, have any of you worked in a restaurant? <clears throat> I have. I worked yeah. in a coffee shop. Yeah, but I mean, you've worked for tips before. Yes, I have. Not tipping is unacceptable. Completely. Yeah. Well, Even I, if I, I had terrible service, I'm not going to stiff somebody. Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that guy's bringing me queso mm-hmm. for basically you nothing know, an hour. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm going to give that guy four bucks or whatever. Right. That's that's a crap. And, and I don't want to defend all servers, but frequently it's out of their hands. They can't get their your food any, right. to you any faster right. than it's, yeah. it's coming out. I, I, so I, I don't want to punish them. I one time, I one time, and I, I, it came. It was just like an ill-executed joke, and I felt so bad that I gave a guy a really good tip. I mean, I tried to tip, you know, reasonably well, but he came to our table with a bunch of people, and he it was <laughs> is that like a TGI Fridays or something, you know? Yeah. Where you know it, it's like an office space where they wear a lot of flair and are really you know trying to have a positive attitude. And, and we had a big pile of chips and salsa, and the waiter's like, "Hey guys, what's going on? Can I get you some more salsa?" And I was like, what? "No, but we can get more salsa." God, and I'm just totally joking. And and in his face, just like like Tumble. it just went totally like blank. Oh. He just stared at me. And he goes, oh. "All right, that'll be right out." And just walked away. Oh, Jesse, like, totally so deflated. Jesse. I, and everyone at the table was like, "Dude, you're such a jerk. Why did you do that?" I'm like, "I was just kidding, man." <laughs> so I, I tried to tip well then, but I felt so terrible then that it it, I, it, it made me never want to even inadvertently hurt <laughs> a waiter's feeling God again. Almighty. I feel like you guys are mad at me. I yeah. am. I'm like disappointed yeah. with you. Right yeah, I'm, now. I'm like, I have my finger on the disconnect from Skype button right now. I didn't mean it. I was just joking with the guy. I didn't know it was reaction was going to be like that are you guys wow. did you guys see this one by uh, a woman going by the name nikki brown rice which may or may not be her real name i, I don't want to if assume. it is that's amazing that's a that's an it's an amazing name it's a very long story okay um it, and, and just to, I, would, I would encourage all of our readers to go check it out themselves on the on the podcast page it, it, it looks like it looks to me like her and her party did not receive their first order until two hours after they got there, which was a plate of dinner rolls for their appetizer. <laughs> Wait, it took two hours for a plate of dinner rolls. That was and, that was the first thing they and had they wouldn't have, and they would have. Why did around? they wait that long? Yeah. Why did they wait that long? That's my question. Things go quickly from there. I don't think we have time to go through the whole story, honestly, right here. But it keeps, but it, but it does continue. And it involves the head manager coming out and bursting into tears in front of them, <laughs> crying to use her language, crying as if, as if your favorite character in your favorite TV show just died. Oh my goodness! <laughs> this is an adventure. There's like a whole. There's a short film in this story. <laughs> I don't mean to build it up too much for you, but I do. But, it, but Nikki Brown Rice, I I applaud the patience of your family to wait for two hours Man. for your first meal. And they, it looks like, according to her, they all dealt with it very, very graciously as well. That's I read one. I wish I could find it here. I apologize to the listener that submitted it. Um, <laughs> that they went to a restaurant and for some reason, uh, halfway through the meal, a uh, um, manager came out and told them, you know, you know, pretty excitedly that there that someone had informed him that they were would be comping their meal for the evening. That you know, sort of like as a some someone maybe knew them in the restaurant, but it was a kind gesture from someone to enjoy. Fifteen minutes later, the manager came out and said he was unfortunately mistaken, <laughs> and then just kind of hid in the back for the rest of the meal. That's amazing. 
<laughs> we can only hope that in that 15 minutes they ordered most everything on the menu. Yeah. Knowing yes. that it would be comped. So <laughs> that's, that's yeah. amazing. Well, I will take your finest bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> Comp day. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks to everyone for, uh, for going over and, and letting us know your awkward restaurant stories. Um, we hope that you all have better experiences at those restaurants the next time around. Cause my goodness, I can't even imagine some of that stuff. Um, if you'd like to, uh, to read, uh, the rest of the feedback, there was a lot of really good stuff. Uh, head over to the podcast episode page yeah. at relevantmagazine.com. There are a lot of really funny A lot stories. of really good stuff. Good. Uh, yeah, there's a few good, good ones on the, on the Facebook page as well, so uh, you can head over there and check that out. All right, now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier on the podcast, we were talking about the 10-year anniversary of the wonderful Death Cab for Cutie album. For 10 years, Ben Gibbard has held up very well. It got us thinking. <laughs> we, we, man, uh, man, we, <laughs> so hot. <laughs> that Ben Gibbard is so hot. Uh, we want you to, we want you this week, our, this is our question of the week. We want you to tell us what other album has held up over the past 10 years. So an album that came out in 2003, uh, what album has held up, an album that you still go back to now, an album that you would recommend to somebody else? We want to know... In the last 10 years, you tell us your album that still holds up. Here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to take three of our favorites. We're going to send you a copy of Pete Wilson's new book. Oh, are we going to do that? Yeah, called Let Hope In. We can do that. Awesome. Pete and his team send us a few copies. And so, uh, you know, their generosity, we're going to throw out to you the best three, our favorite three albums that you recommend from 10 years ago. We're going to send you a copy of the new Pete Wilson book. And it can be around 10 years. So don't freak out if it's like, you know. Yeah, if it came out in like February of 2004. Yeah. I just pulled up a list of some albums from 2003 that people can select from if they'd like. Yeah. Um. We have Speaker Box, The Love Below from Outcast. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That was a wow. big. Uh, Hail to the Thief from oh, Radiohead. I mean, that Jay-Z's Black we, Album. Yeah, oh. we don't want to give too many away. Yeah. Tyler, you better stop it because I'm just going to start sending you all these copies of P. Wilson's books. <laughs> I'm just giving people something to pick from, letting you know what, what we're... There's there's a lot. That, you know, I'm scrolling through the list here. Yeah, so, so, so basically, yeah, there's a lot of good albums to choose from. <laughs> Here's what's really funny to me is I just looked up an album and I was like, oh, yeah, it was probably... You know, I looked it up. Yeah. It was 21 years old, that album. <laughs> I was like, huh, automatic oh, for the people, R.E.M. 21 years old. It was released October 5th of 1992. Uh, is that I was I was seven. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Twenty one years ago, automatic for the people. I remember that. buying that album. And gosh, off. that album! That's but crazy. I was like, I looked it up. I'm like, oh, that'll probably be the one I, you know, chat about next week. <laughs> it's a 20 year old album. Yeah, we just want tenure. Uh, so you know, let us know why you like the album, why it holds up. Don't just give us a name, but uh, we'll we'll play clips of some of our favorites on next week's episode. And again, three of our favorite albums. Uh, the the person that recommends that album, we're going to send you a copy of the new Pete Wilson book called let hope in oh, so yeah. go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com you can hit us up with your answers on twitter at relevant podcast or you can head over to our facebook page and let us know your recommends your 10 year old recommends uh that's going to do it for this week's show before we uh before we close out i just want to remind everyone uh that you know the podcast is just one of the things that we do here at relevant magazine we're relevant magazine which means we have a magazine uh we really think that you would love our magazine if you're not a subscriber yet uh we'd love to have you subscribe you can go over to relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe our brand new issue is out featuring mindy kaling from the mindy project uh, on the cover uh, next week, actually, Jesse and Tyler are going to talk a little bit about um, some of the behind the scenes of that new issue. 
But you get, listen to this, you get six issues of the print mag, you get free access to our iPad app, which is fantastic. You get tons of exclusive extras throughout the year. Uh, and right now for a limited time offer, it's just $12.99. You can't beat that. Go over to relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. We'd love to have you be a subscriber. Uh, some of the things that we're also doing, uh, the drop, I mentioned this earlier over at relevantmagazine.com. We stream for free, uh, new albums from, we got bands on there right now, like this, the rescue. Uh, it's a new band, uh, uh, whose album was produced by Switchfoot's guitarist. It's a really, really cool album. Uh, Gunger, Dustin Kensru, Trent Dabbs of Sugar and the High Low. He has a brand new solo album that's streaming right now. Uh, Brooke Wagoner, Sleeping at Last, DL Rossi, uh, just a ton of really, really great music streaming for free over at the drop as well as relevant.tv. It is live. It's hand selected, purposefully curated videos from the team here at relevant. Uh, new videos are posting every day over at relevant.tv originals, short films, documentaries, talks, live performances, music videos, and more new content every day. Go check it out at relevant.tv. A lot of ways that you can connect with us here at relevant. We'd yeah. love to connect with you. You just send us mail too. You could you could send a snail mail. Yeah. Just um, send a letter. We'll read it. We, Somebody was going to send We would a, read it. I think it was a Yeah, we do we ever get we, mail? Somebody has sent us cookies before. Uh, I mean, yeah, we used s- to get we used to get snacks all the time. Yeah. We used to get food. Yeah, what happened to those yeah, days? Yeah, what happened to those days? Come on, guys. We're in here talking about how we have to eat candy during this podcast because we record at lunchtime because we're starving. <laughs> yeah, yeah people could just start sending us. And you guys all got those hats that one time. This is before that's I was right, on the show. From our Canadian friends. Yeah, yeah that was really neat. You guys all took pictures yeah. of those hats. So, yeah. Really Come on, send us some snail mail. We'd love to do that. Yeah, I'd love to get mail. Jimmy Not Fallon gets personally. snail mail. Yeah, I would love for us. I think it'd be cool to get I mail. I think it would be fun. So Read letters. Hit us up. We'd love, we'd love that. So. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this week's show. Again, many thanks to Pete Wilson for talking to us. Again, his new book is called Let's Hope In. It's available now. Uh, great conversation that, that Eddie had with him. Again, you can hear the full interview over at the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, you can learn more at lethopein.com, petewilson.tv, or you can follow him on Twitter at the letter P Wilson. He's got a great blog. You follow him on Twitter, you'll find it. But his yeah. blog is really interesting. Yeah, He's a good really dude. Cool. Really cool. So, uh, and thanks to our sponsors, Squarespace, yeah. uh, for underwriting the show, and uh, also Fracture for sponsoring this week's relevant I'm recommends. Stoked. Family picture Welcome on to the club. Really yeah, good stuff. yeah. I'm Welcome stoked about this Fracture. Thing. Yeah, really cool. I've been so. looking about it, looking at it the whole time. It's so yeah. neat. Really cool. So we appreciate that. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up this week's show. I am Chad Michael Snavely. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Carey. For Calvin Kearley, we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. TMI.